You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hey, friends, and welcome back to Faith with Friends podcast. Today, we're continuing our series in Communications 101, learning to relate and love and build deeper and better, more authentic relationships. I'm joined by my beautiful friend and mental health counselor, Christian therapist, Dr. Lydia Martinez. Welcome back, Dr. Mindy, Dr. Lydia. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm always grateful to be here and I'm very excited about today's talk. We're going to be talking about some really good stuff about a the five love languages. I think that this should be taught in every high school. Because as Dr. Gary Chapman says in his book, The Five Love Languages, he refers to it like if you go to France and you're talking in France and you're, you're telling someone in French how much you love them and you're saying all these beautiful things in French, well, if they don't speak French, it's gibberish. They don't connect with you. They don't understand it. They don't receive the love that you're offering. And so Gary Chapman bases his book that there are five there are many love languages, but there are five basic love languages that most of us fall under one or more of. And those are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And I love his book because he relates all of these love languages to the perfect example, the love of our soul, Jesus. And it's based on biblical attributes of God. In John 13, 34, it says, just as I have loved you, you are to love one another. It also tells us in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he demonstrated it by giving his only begotten son. And then in 1 John 4, 8, it says that God is love. So God doesn't only show love or have love or feel love, but he is love. So we're all capable of showing love because we are loved by a God that has created it. So Dr. Lydia, I'd like to start with hearing what you have to say about missing the love languages and how we don't connect. Oh, wow. That's a tall order. So let me start by at least let's define each one of them. Let's list each one of them, define them so that we know uh, kind of what each category is. So there's five of them. And the first one is the act of service and it's demonstrating love by serving or helping other people. Then there's physical touch, which uses touch outside of sex to express love. Then there's uh, the third one is words of affirmation, loving, admiring, building each other up through words. Then there's gift giving, number four, showing love and appreciation through thoughtful giving. And then there's quality time, loving your spouse or others through high quality time together. And these are, these are really nice categories to be able to sort of define how you express love or how you accept love. But I also think that we also, in the Bible, it says that we have gifts in Romans. It says we have gifts. So if you may lean more toward one of these, because you may have like, for example, the gift of encouragement, you may be an encourager. It may be easier for you to do words of affirmation, but all of these are not meant to say, oh, I fit in just one category. You may be a combination of one or the other. So you may have a gift for one and, and you could still be a good quality time person or recognize that even though you may give words of affirmation. 
Does that make sense? Absolutely. And he, he goes on to explain that we all have our primary and secondary love language. Uh -huh. So whatever your love language is, that's usually the love. That's how you receive love. But guess what? That's also how you give love. Mm -hmm. So if your gift is acts of service and you're washing your husband's car and keeping the house clean and setting his shoes next to the door and really his love language is physical touch, then he's like, you know, she does all these things, but she doesn't love me. And it's interesting because in Corinthians, it says when we do things, everything right, but there's not love behind it. It's like a clanging sound. We can play the most beautiful instrument, but if, if we're not doing it out of a place of love, it falls empty. And so I think it's really important to recognize what are the love languages and what is your spouse's love language? You can go online to fivelovelanguages.com. There's a quiz that you can take to help you not only recognize your own love language, but also your significant other or even your kid's love language. Because guess what? All of our kids are different and they express and receive love differently. And I can tell you that one of my kids, definitely their love language is quality time. They want my attention undivided. They want to connect with me that way. They feel special that way. The other one is gifts. If I can buy them a gift, even the smallest little token, that's how they feel loved. And the other one is physical touch and affirmation. Can you sit with me and rub my back a little while? Mm, that is sweet. All raised in the same house. Well, you have twins. Tell me about your twins. Oh, yeah. They're two totally different people born at the same time. They're totally unique. Right. And and the same thing. I mean, I think that everybody has their own talents and treasures and their own ways to communicate. So certainly everybody has their own ways to communicate love. It is important to be able to recognize what yours is. It's important to recognize what you're attracted to also, because think about if you're in a seasoned relationship, if you've been in your relationship for a long time, think about what it was that attracted you to your, to your husband, to your wife. Sometimes those very things that attracted you to them are the things that get on your nerves later on. Sure is. Not <laughs> but, me, not in my marriage because I don't get annoyed with my husband. Are you people, I've seen it in other marriages that they get annoyed at the same time. Wait a minute, isn't that what you liked about him? Now it's annoying. Yeah, it's really Like for example, not mine, but if your husband's <laughs> very organized and tidy and later on, Let's say 30 something years later, they're like, can you straighten the books? And I'm like, can you relax? Well, not me, but others. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to break down some of these and see how far we can get through this episode. Let's start right at the top, acts of service. And I'd like to take a look at how Jesus showed love through his acts of service. And then maybe you can give us some tangible ideas of what we can do. Sure. Let's do that. Let's start with John 1.14. Jesus came down from heaven, left God's glory. And it says in John 1, 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and beheld his glory. So Jesus' act of service was leaving his comfortable, beautiful, perfect heaven to come to earth. In Matthew 8, 23 through 27, we see that Jesus calmed the storm. He was with the disciples and he calmed the storm. Matthew 14, 22, he walks on water. He confronts demons. 
How about the ultimate act of service? And actually, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, I think, meets every one of these love languages. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Every single one. But Jesus lifts our burdens, lifting the burdens of others, helping others that are complicated with their day. What can I do to help you today? How can I make your day easier? I just remember in Matthew that there was a theme of compassion that Jesus had always had compassion for the people, no matter what. And he was able to serve them, no matter how tired he was, no matter what was going on, he had compassion for them. You know, that seemed to be sort of the underlying theme of, of who he was. And I think that acts of service come from compassion. If you have a chance to sort of look at someone else, slow yourself down enough that you can look to see that maybe someone else is in need. Uh, maybe someone else is, um, it, need is a good, a good word to use. They may need time. They may need treasure. They may need your talents. And you just have to slow down enough to see that need and be able to answer it. So the people who are acts of service it's like automatic. They just don't even think about it. You know, they see someone that's uh, uh, about to cross the street and needs help. Well, they, they run over there. Don't even think about it. They see someone that um, needs help getting in and out of a car. Bam, they'll do it. Or, or they're short five bucks. They reach in their pocket and, and they're generous and then go here. I'll take care of it. Or, or politely behind their back may not even say anything, but be like, I'll take care without them even knowing, you know, like acts of service come from the ability to have compassion for others. You have to recognize uh, a pocket, you know, you have to recognize a hole, a gap in someone else in their situation and what's going on for you to be able to, to have that compassion. And then you also have to have the talent or treasure or brawn, the muscle to help. So the act of service comes from having a heart of compassion. I think that's the heart of it. Mark 10, 45, I believe it is, says that the son of man came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for many. So yes. Jesus, Jesus gave that perfect example. How can I serve you? Yeah. He came to serve us with the ultimate sacrifice, the, his very life. What does that say about his compassion for all of humanity? He must have really saw. Love. Yeah, he must have really saw a big gap in all of us. You know, he must have been like, oh, you poor little things. You don't get it. Let me go down there and show you what it's like to be kind. Let me lead by example, by serving you. So that is, that Jesus definitely is a the perfect act of service. But we can demonstrate service in, in little tiny, small ways, all the way to ginormous ways. It, it just depends if this is your way of helping others. Right. And sometimes I'm going to tell you the opposite of this or the opposite of, you know, is pride. pride. Someone who, who doesn't accept, okay, is prideful, who will not accept that um, someone helping them. That's someone who doesn't like service as an act of love right so we have to be really aware and open to that as well because you may be saying oh i i do that all the time for my my husband or my wife and they just don't they don't appreciate it maybe it's either pride or they don't recognize this as an act of service i was reading something the other day and it said it really connected with it it said if you have a hard time receiving help 
It could be that you had to be self-sufficient as a child. You couldn't depend on others or they let you down often. And so you learned, I need to do it myself. And you're not, you're not vulnerable enough to receive others' help. And so a good way to overcome that is, first of all, of course, to pray, but then to just ask God to allow you to be humble enough to let someone else love you. And I learned that when I was sick and people came by my side to help me. And I was like, no, no, I can do it. I can do it. And I learned to be still and allow others to do it. And now I'm like, oh, can you help me out? Because it turns <laughs> out that you do feel loved and appreciated and validated when other people step in and help you. Oh, that is nice. That's nice. You were able to do that. So let's talk about physical touch. The second one. What scripture do you have for this one using touch outside of sex to express love, which to your mate, to your husband or to your wife, you know, the physical touch outside of sex may lead to sex, which is why, <laughs> <laughs> which I know this is a Christian show, a Christian yeah. show, but you know, sex. But was I think the to... thing is let's, if you're, if you're physical, if you're walking by, let's say with your kids and like my kids, I have to, you know, rub their shoulder, scratch their head. I'm constantly touching them. Well, mm -hmm. I have one child that the love language is not physical touch. <laughs> and after a minute, that child will tell me, like, pat on the back. It's like, okay, I got enough. You know something? The most interesting thing happened the other day. And that child came to me and said, you haven't hugged me in like a month. Oh, wow. So even when your child's love language or your significant other or your friend, whatever you're, the person that you're trying to love on is not physical touch. It's such a, especially with the kids, they, they I think they need hugs even, even oh, yeah. if that's not their love language. But in Mark 10, Jesus said when the children came to him, he took them into his arms and he blessed them and he laid his hands on them. In Matthew 17, Jesus came and touched those that were in fear and said, rise and have no fear. And he took the hand of Simon's mother-in-law and he lifted her up. And you just see again and again, I think of how he healed the, the eyes of the blind by getting mud and spitting, although that's kind of gross, and touching it and putting that salve on his eyes. Jesus didn't have to touch anyone, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't have to touch, especially in a time where everything was clean or unclean. But Jesus was perfectly capable of healing from anywhere, but he chose to be physically present and touch those that he that, that came to him. Right. And touch is very important. I think that um, it's like a, a way for us to connect and communicate love. You're right. And again, it's a way for you to, to recognize when someone's connected with you because you don't really just go out and, and rub somebody's back that you don't know. You got already have some kind of a relationship with them. And it's important to recognize that. And also important to recognize how much, how much is too much, how much is too little, but it's um, appropriate. Physical uh, there, that's a, that's a great Let's word. Say appropriate physical touch. Cause there might be somebody listening who has feels uncomfortable, who has been abused, who has had a trauma in their life and they don't, they don't want to be touched. And right. I have a, one of my very best friends is not touchy feely. And I, you know what, when she does hug me, I, I know that that took a lot of effort on her part and I feel even more loved and connected because I know that's not her love language. She's trying to meet me where I'm at because mm -hmm. I'm definitely touchy feely. Yeah, that is nice. 
So recognizing when when you have a relationship that their love language is not touch and then that happens, you go, oh, that was like a nugget of love right there. Right. That was really nice. How refreshing, how nice. Yeah. Yeah. Appropriate is a good way to use it, to say it. But what I was talking about at the beginning with a husband and wife, it is important for you to have that, that just walk by, rub somebody's back or put your hand on their hand or, you know, just, you know, put your hand on their back as you're walking by them that even those little things just provide reassurance. Like, Hey, I'm here. I'm here. If you need me, you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm here. It's like non-verbal cues that say, that might say more than just you saying, Hey, I'm here, whatever you need. I'm over here. If you need me, you know, just putting your hand on somebody's back, rubbing their arm, um, just reaching out like that sometimes is so much more meaningful, especially if you're the kind of person that does, um, that this is your love language. Okay. I'm just going to give a, a shout out right now for people who are like, I'm not touchy feely, but I want to, I want to share with you what human touch based on love, not abuse, not, you know, yeah. manipulation, human touch. It lowers your blood pressure, Harvard medical school that says that if you experience a 20 second hug, it can actually lower your blood pressure. It releases your quote unquote happy hormones. You feel comforted. It regulates our nervous system and it makes you connect Jesus when the lepers who you're not supposed to touch because they had a contagious disease, right? Hmm. When the lepers came to him, he didn't say, stand there. I'm going to heal you from there. There were 10 of them. I mean, like think about 10 COVID people coming around in the middle of the pandemic. You would run, right? Jesus didn't. It says that he touched them, laying his hands on them, and he healed them. Those people not only received a physical healing, they received a emotional and spiritual healing as well. So there is power in touch. So I'm just saying that for those of you that that's not your gift, I'm sorry, but we need to learn how to love everyone. And now we can move on. What is the third? <laughs> I love that first. Okay. The third one I think is like the cheerleader of the five is the words of affirmation. And this is building each other up through words, loving and admiring and building each other up through words. I think of a cheerleader. You got this. Go for it. Tu eres fuerte. You know, these are the yes. words of affirmation. Sometimes it's it's easier just to, for some people to give this. For some people, it is very hard. They didn't grow up in a, in a family. Maybe they had trauma. Uh, maybe it was just um, the family rule not to talk this way for whatever, maybe a cultural reason. You know, maybe they grew up this way. Yeah. Um, and it, or it's just they were more introverted and didn't aren't just don't lean that way. Yeah. Um, but words of affirmation, I think, are um, really a nice way to encourage. I have a lot to say about this one. John <laughs> one one says, "In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God." And in Genesis. It says that in the beginning, God, through his mouth, through his words, created heaven and earth. In Matthew 16, Jesus affirms Peter when Peter identifies Jesus as the Christ, the son of the living God. And in Matthew 12, Jesus stretched out his hands towards his disciples and told the crowd that this is my family. 
Jesus, what does he say about us? He has so much to say about us. He calls us loved, chosen, special, valuable in his sight. Jesus used his words again and again to direct our path, to call us into salvation and a deep relationship with him. We are to use our words to build up and not tear down. Be careful how you use your words, ladies, because we sometimes, some of us, again, not me, sometimes we can be very quick with our words, but the words of Jesus were words of love, mercy, grace, joy, comfort, direction, correction. And yes, he spoke about sin and he gave real uh, promises also about those who wouldn't repent and wouldn't surrender to a relationship with him and receive his generous gift, but words of affirmation. So how can you build up, not just, hey, you look pretty today. How can you build up those around you to show love and to connect with them? Look for their gifts, look for their talents, affirm them, not what they do, who they are, and remind them of who they are in Christ. And it is also one of the gifts in Romans to be an encourager, to be able to, you know, just to have the gift of encouraging. Some people just come so easy. Um, and to some people it doesn't, you know, well, there are exceptions. So we have to keep that in mind, you know. So if it's really hard for someone, it's kind of like that little nugget of love that you got from a friend that you know is not uh, touchy-feely and she hugged you. Wow. Then think about a person who doesn't give out encouragement, words of encouragement or affirmation very easily when you do get a little nod of encouragement mm -hmm. or a, um, you know, a word of encouragement from someone who isn't, wow, isn't that like a little, little treasure, right? Yeah. And, and also finding, especially for believers, validating that person's faith saying, you know, I, I, when you pray, it it blesses my heart. It strengthens me. When you're, when you share these Bible verses with me, like let's go a little deeper than what they do and talk about who they are, the gifts that you see in them, in Christ, the God-given gifts that that you see in them. Mm -hmm. And and our husbands need to be built up. So yeah, words of affirmation when you see them take stepping in and taking care of the kids when that's your primary job maybe, or when you see them doing the dishes or when you see catch them doing some some things that that you appreciate and validate that. Exactly. I think that those are all really good things to keep in mind. Being aware of words of affirmation, being aware that an encourager is a love language according to the author it's one of them and if you're good at it then keep on doing it i encourage you to keep on doing it see what i did there and I, um <laughs> i did see that and if you're if you're not you know it's okay you know there's other love languages but it is definitely it definitely is a, a nice little treat a nice little nugget to get encouragement through words sure the next one is um giving being a giver. And uh, let's read what the author's definition of that is. Again, it says gift giving, showing love and appreciation through thoughtful giving. Generosity is also another gift in Romans. It says it's another gift. They may, this may be just something that pours out of your heart. 
Yeah. Some people are just generous. Some people are just automatically generous, just like they're automatically encouragers, just like they automatically serve. They're just wired like that from beginning. Others may need a little bit of, of work this way. Right. Um, so it, it's important that if you're a generous giver, that you recognize not everybody around you is a generous giver. You know, not everybody has this as a gift. Not everybody has this so as a love language. Um, but it is nice. They, 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 the gift of giving is really an incredible gift. And because I think you- it's, I think it's so important to say that it does not have to be a high priced item. Gift giving can be a homemade gift. It can be a flower cut from a garden. It, it's not about going to the most expensive store and bringing the most expensive thing. It's about being out in the grocery store and seeing the chocolate that somebody likes and saying, I'm going to get that for them. Right. Giving that. Jesus is not only a gift giver, Jesus is our gift. Right. And so the gift of Jesus, we see it again in John 3.16, where it says he gave his only begotten son. It also, when Jesus was was talking to the woman at the well, he said, if you knew the gift of God, who is saying these things to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him. Jesus is our gift. He gives the gift of salvation and eternal life. In Romans 6, it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And in Ephesians, it says that by grace, we are saved, not by yourself. It is a gift of God. Then we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit in Acts 8. We're given the gift of love, security, and comfort. And you can find that in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but being able to accept the gifts are just as important as the giver. And and this may be cultural. This may be trauma related. It's just important to be patient. Oh, that word patience. Ah, that comes up a lot, right? Yes. And um, it's... It's just important to try to understand the gifts of, you know, the the fruits of the spirit are really good at interpreting, I think, the gifts that we're talking, the love languages, which are important, you know, understanding and being able to, you know, compassion, mercy. Mercy is important because it's like a gift also. And so is giving out, giving out grace, you know. I always have to, def- to put the definition in there for grace, undeserved forgiveness. That is a gift you give to someone. Absolutely. Forgiveness is a gift you give to yourself, I think. Yeah. And mercy, you know, the meaning they don't deserve the definition of mercy is not giving out the punishment that's deserved. Right. Okay. So Having mercy for someone, that can be gift giving also. Absolutely. Grace is defined as a gift. Mercy is lavishly poured out through God's grace to us. And Uh it is the gift that we could never earn. We don't deserve. And I love that God doesn't just give a little of these qualities. He is each of these qualities and he gives it so generously. So if your friends, spouse, the people that you love show up at your house extending mercy to you with a flower with a little card and their gift their their love language is gift giving then recognize that and make a little effort 
So like I said, when you walk through the store, just think of other people. And if you see a little token that they would appreciate, that they would like, it reminds you of them, pick mm -hmm. it up and offer that gift in love. Right. And which leads us to the other one. The last one, quality time. Is loving your spouse or other people through focused, high quality time together. And oh, these phones. Where do I start with these phones? I'm so guilty of this myself. It is so hard. You know, like I have to have a rule in my own home. Put the phones away, especially during dinner time, especially when you're sharing a meal, you're breaking bread. And it's so hard. You hear that? We've been conditioned, right? We've been conditioned that we hear that little little chime of the a notification ding or the buzz of the vibration it's like oh i gotta answer that right this second oh no you don't you know put that phone away and share a meal with someone ah oh, talk to them look at them in the eyes and communicate that is so strong for that communication to go back and forth that is such a I love quality time. I think that that's very important. And Jesus was the perfect example of that. I love how Jesus, he gave time to the 5,000 on the hill, right? When he was feeding them fish and bread, but then he took his 12 and he constantly was saying, come away with me. And then he had his deepest, closest friends, which were his three, like he always spent quality time come and be with me. I think of when he asked them to pray, like, let's come and pray. Can you just spend an hour with me? I love Psalm 1611. It says, in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Wow. The yeah. best person to spend the quality time with. If you struggle with any of these love languages, if you spend quality time with Jesus in his word, in prayer and communion with him, he is not only willing and able, but gives generously whatever we seek. Wow. Lisa, I got to tell you that this whole time we've been talking about the five love languages and how to communicate with each other. I feel like you've, the Holy Spirit has been sprinkling the gospel through this whole message. And I think it is so important that we spend time with Jesus daily without our phones and just take our time to hear what he has to say with us, accept the gifts that he just, just so generously pours out to us, you know, that would really make the quality of our relationship with him, accepting the gift of what he did, making us feel better about ourselves, you know, just that physical touches through our heart and the service that he did for us. Wow, Lisa, this is like a gospel message. Yeah, This isn't just about us getting along with each other. It's about him getting along with us and developing that relationship with us. What a powerful message. I hope that our listeners were able to hear that theme throughout the whole podcast. And I think it's important if you don't have a relationship with God, he's all these things. He already did that service for us and for you. He wants to reach out and touch you through your heart. Uh, oh, there's so many words of affirmation in the Bible, and he has already given you the biggest gift possible. You just have to accept it. That was his Lord and son, Jesus Christ. And he just wants to spend some time with you. That's how he develops a relationship with you. And once you have that, wow, it will just overflow into your relationships. What a wonderful message today, Lisa. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. 
Thank you, Dr. Lydia, and thank you for also reminding us it's not only when we express our love language, it's when we receive those acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, gift giving, and quality time from first from God and then from others, and then give him thanks and offer him for his amazing, unfailing love. So I thank you guys for joining us today, and I thank you, Dr. Lydia, again for teaching me, for guiding us through these five love languages. Again, that is from Dr. Gary Chapman. And he has a whole bunch of books on that topic that you you can look into. And you can go online and look for the quiz. I'll go ahead and pray. And Dr. Lydia, I'm going to let you go because I know you have appointments following. So thank you for joining us. Until next time. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the ability to communicate with listeners, for that one person today who might be struggling in a broken relationship. Lord, I thank you that we can receive all of these languages from you, these love languages from you, that you offer them generously. I pray that each person listening would hear how you express love and look for it in their daily walk for expressions of love from your hand, Lord. I pray that you would help us to be the women and men that you've created us to be. Help us to show love to others because we receive that love from you. We are broken vessels which you pour into and then we pour out our love to others. We thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us and for all that you have and all that you are to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Until next time. Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?